Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast. I'm Chaz Hathaway. Today we're going to share the experience of Rana Lackey. And this is from Lee Nelson's book, Beyond the Veil, Volume 2. Rana says, I have had 13 surgeries so far in my life. Good health is not one of my privileges. Going beyond the veil, for some strange reason, seems to be. Not that I am really want it not that I really want it that way I wish there was some kind of happy medium nearly 16 years ago I had a surgery to disconnect or cut some of the nerves at the base of my skull because of pain I was experiencing the pain had slowly built over the years from two car accidents I'd been in by severing the nerves I would only have feeling in my face I was supposed to lay flat for 48 hours after surgery, but without really thinking, I raised the hospital bed. I guess it was more of an unconscious act. Suddenly, I was stabbed with severe pain. I laid the bed back and became very dizzy. Things went black, and then I went, and then I felt very peaceful, a very peaceful feeling. There was a weightlessness I couldn't understand. A brightness appeared over my head. I heard a voice and looked up. The light above was almost too bright to look at. It was also somewhat misty. As I looked through the mist, I saw a man. He reached down with his right hand and took my left hand. I felt extreme peace and love. He told me everything was all right and that I should come with him. I floated out of my body up to him. As I floated beside him, I turned, looked down, and saw my body. It was very startling. I couldn't understand what was happening. He understood what I was, lo- what I was thinking and began to comfort me. He told me not to worry. Everything was all right. I began to question my feelings. I felt extremely peaceful. I had not experienced that much love before. It seemed to be coming from everywhere. I was also aware of pure knowledge. Things went through uh, quickly through my mind. I could understand many things. He told me that the knowledge I had gained about life and death since being a member of the church was true. When he spoke, I not only received the thoughts in my mind, but I also saw that he w- saw what he was saying like pictures. Whenever he talked about parts of my life, I could see those events. We reviewed my whole life. He showed me the struggles that I had gone through. As we went through each experience, I felt his hurt when I hurt when I had hurt. He comprehended totally everything I had suffered and experienced. He talked about an illness I had had while in my early 20s. I was not a member of the church then, and I'm going to put a little side note. I think he's referring to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because that's the church that Lee Nelson, the author, belongs to. So I'm assuming that's what he's talking about. I was told by doctors that I would probably not make it. I had a liver disease, and I asked God to allow me to be with my children and raise them. That request had been granted, and I was healed. He also told me about time. It seemed that I was with him for nearly an hour, but it couldn't have been more than about two and a half minutes. 
When it was completed, I said I didn't want to go back to my present struggles and illness. I didn't want to go back to my body. He asked if I had raised my children. He asked in a teaching way, not because he needed to know. I was aware he already knew. I said, no. Then you will have to go back, he explained. I tried to convince him to let me stay. I was pleading not to return to, uh, to not return to all that that pain, but was told I had more to do. As I looked at him, his love was so overwhelming, I almost couldn't stand it. It was ten times overwhelming. It was like a wave rushing over me. I felt I would burst with his love, and I knew I couldn't refuse. I looked down again at my body and saw a nurse coming into my or come into my room. She saw my condition and ran out. I saw another nurse and a doctor run in. I then felt myself go down to my going down to my body. I felt so encapsulated, restricted, or entombed. Everything was very heavy. I felt pain. I opened my eyes and saw doctors and nurses. They couldn't believe I had come back. They were getting ready to use the electrodes. I will never forget the exquisite peace and love that nearly consumed me, but persuaded me to continue on. In 1985, I was again in the hospital, this time for malignant adhesions on my large and small bowels. During the three months in the hospital, I had had my eighth, ninth, and tenth operations. The adhesions had grown around me some or grown around some of my organs. They did the best they could to cut around those things. Some of the growths were extremely difficult to cut. My bowels, my small bowels were almost completely destroyed. I was severely malnourished. The pain from the bowel obstructions was excruciating. It was worse than childbirth, kidney, or gallstones, because I've experienced all of those, too. In the middle of this debilitating pain, I suddenly arose up out of my body. There was no one there to greet me. I didn't need an escort this time, because I had already been there. The brightness was a little different. I felt the same peacefulness and relief from my pain. I also felt the same quickness of mind and freedom. The brightness was somewhat foggy as I proceeded. I was compelled to push myself forward. In that state, you don't walk, you're propelled by your mind. In a way, you walk with your thought processes. The more I went forward through the mist, the more I was enveloped by peace and contentment. I couldn't see through the haze, but became aware of the outline of a person, which was more vivid as I got closer. I saw another person, and another, until I saw an extremely large group. I didn't recognize anyone. I was wondering who they were. A woman stood in front of the group and read my thoughts and communicated to me her th with her thoughts. She was aware of other experiences in my life and helped me remember them. She helped me see and remember experiences that I can't recall now. Sometimes I have read the scriptures and understood a concept and then realized she explained it to me. I understood it because I had been shown, but I didn't recall it until I came across it in the scriptures. 
While I was with the group, I felt so much love from them, I wondered why. They weren't people I knew. Who was I to them? The woman in front ascertained my thoughts, ascertained my thoughts, sorry, and questions and said the group had been praying for me. That was a new thought. I didn't know spirits prayed. She told me that I would understand my questions later. She communicated more, and she, and as she did, I saw the image. I felt a great yearning of emotion from the woman and the group. I understood that I had chosen to live now and had promised to do certain work. I thought, I don't even know what it is. The woman told me it would become clear to me as time went on. But remember you promised, she repeated time and time again. I felt the weight of this promise, and I knew I couldn't stay without filling it. I had to go back to earth to keep that promise. She opened up a vision and showed me a basket of flowers. If I returned to the spirit world without fulfilling my promise, I would be returning with an empty basket, without any flowers. I saw myself approaching Father in heaven with my small empty basket and my head hung in shame. I could not bear it. Since returning, I have worked hard so that I would not have to hang my head. I want my basket full when I return to him. The vision closed and she explained that I, it was time for me to go back. I said, but who are you? She told me I would understand later. I felt myself going back very quickly. I perceived the yearnings of the group and their love as I left. I was reminded that they would pray, be praying for me. Immediately I was back in my body and the pain was unbelievable. Two years later my aunt died. She left a large cedar chest or hope chest to my sister, who was not a, then a member of the church. The cedar chest was full of pictures of relatives, acquaintances, and friends of the family. I wanted to get the pictures and do the genealogy for those people. I had done a little genealogy before. My mother, also not a member, helped me get the chest. I was in extremely poor health. I was on Demerol and an IV. I prayed and prayed that the Spirit would be with me to help me. It required an extreme amount of effort. As I went through the pictures, it was amazing. Though I had never met most of the people, I knew who they were. I recognized them, them as members of the group I had seen beyond the veil. I knew their names and where they fit in each family tree. As I worked on each individual, I felt that person communicating with me in my mind. I eventually filled 15 large binders of genealogy from those pictures and the information in the chest. A year and a half ago, I sold my baby grand piano and whatever else was of value and went to New Mexico to validate the work that I had done. I met relatives I didn't know and some I thought were dead. As the families went through the albums, they asked, how did you get these names right? They were amazed that I had everyone in the right place. I can only attribute it to my special privilege of a trip beyond the veil and seeing at last some of my purpose 
in this life. And that is the end of the experience by Rana Lackey. Very interesting. Very interesting. And I love the family connection that it, it shares here. How she sees, in her second experience anyway, she sees this group of people she doesn't recognize. And it's not till she goes through this chest of her dead aunt that she sees the people and recognizes them as family members and and uh, and in doing their in doing the research to find out more about their life um, she compiles a you know a, a large notebook of genealogy to uh, learn about her ancestors that there's an interesting pattern that I'm finding in near-death experiences of family members um, wanting uh, people on this side of the veil to do research to find out about them. Now, in my faith, in, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that makes perfect sense uh, because of work that is done for ancestors who have died. But it's interesting that even those whose work have been done, even though even those who've who, who have been found and researched and, and their histories have been compiled and so forth, um, they still seem to carry on this interest in helping us on this side to find information about those who have died. There is some kind of connection between the, uh, those who are living and their dead ancestors and family, cousins and so forth. And that seems to ring true regardless of faith backgrounds. There, I remember hearing of the experience of, of one girl who goes to the other side, meets her grandfather, who um, is very playful and, and, and you know jokes around with her. And then she comes back and tells her mom about it. And her mom's just mortified. She's like, don't talk about that. that that's not possible that you would know that and and they're going to put you in the psych ward and all this stuff and really she's freaking out because she doesn't believe in ghosts and yet her daughter just comes back and tells her all about her father who she had never told her much about and so anyway but this girl also talks about other great great grandparents that her parents weren't even aware of you know and and uh talks in detail about them sometimes of their language that they spoke and where they came from and so forth. So it's very interesting. If you haven't looked into family history as a near-death experience um, researcher or person who is just interested in near-death experiences, I encourage you to find out what family history you can because it could be, and it seems to be common, that those who are spirit guides or uh, uh, guardian angels for those on this side of the veil are family members, extended family members. So I encourage you to do some family history and see what you can learn about your family. Find pictures if you can. You'd be surprised what's available on the internet and what's available for um, what, where maybe your grandma or or parents don't have that information or if they do then you can get it from them but if they don't you can probably find much of it on the internet especially if it's 
more than 30 years ago that the people died. So I highly recommend doing that. Um, just because it keeps coming up. It keeps coming up in these near-death experiences. So if you would like to leave a question or share an experience or have a comment, you can share that by going to neardeathexperiencepodcast.org, which is the main website where these podcasts are posted. You can leave it in a comment. You can also go to, or you can email neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com, or you can make a phone call to 970-NDE-CAST, and that will give you a three-minute slot And if you need to share more than that, just call back and keep leaving um, more and I will splice them together. So with that, thank you again so much, all of you, for listening.